In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, man. Great to be with all of you as we start off our Perseverance Family Conversation. And we'd like to start off by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. Furthermore, when we when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's invite Mary to be with us and come together to learn more about God so that we can love God and we can share our knowledge and love for God with the whole world. So let's start off by praying the Mary, the, the prayer that Mary loves most. The Hail Mary, also known as the Angelic Salutation. <clears throat> Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, let's uh, lift our thoughts, our minds, our hearts to our spiritual director. What a great grace it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as the our counselor. Counselor as well as our consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master. St. Paul says in his uh, letter to the Romans, he says, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Father. Abba which means Father. So let's uh, ask the Holy Spirit to be with us, to accompany us, to bless us, to enlighten our minds, and to set our hearts on fire with love for God and for our neighbor. As we pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit together. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit. They shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory to the Father, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Jerome Emiliani, pray for us. St. Josephine Bakita, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat> uh, true, my friends, a family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. After praying with you, I... As always, I promise that I'll be praying for all of you when I celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers. It is the prayer par excellence. So I'd like to place all of you on the altar when I celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I'll offer the following intentions. First, I'd like to pray. I'd like to pray that we would all try to be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this could be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention will be I'd like to pray for our families. for the conversion of our family members for the sanctification of our family members and for the salvation of our family members our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Express it very clearly with these words. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? That brings me to my last intention. I'd like to pray today I'd like to pray today for those who will be dying sometime in the next 24 hours. Especially uh, deathbed sinners, those who are dying, who are very far away from God. Their hearts are closed to God's grace that they would open up and beg for mercy and thereby be saved. One soul is worth more than the whole created universe so my friends uh, those are intentions today and now we're going to enter into our topic
Today's really a day in which there's much to cover. So I'd like to maybe jump over our catechesis and we'll retake our catechesis perhaps tomorrow. But today there's so much to cover. I'd like to jump into giving you an overview and then we can dive into it. Today we actually celebrate two saints. One was canonized by John Paul II, the recently canonized saint. Another saint that was canonized in 1787. The name of these saints would be Saint Josephine Bakita is the first saint that Mark has already posted for us. We have a an Italian saint, his name. His name is Saint Jerome Emiliani. Saint Jerome Emiliani. And then we have the readings for the Mass today. And the church moved very quickly to the heading toward the the end of the life of Solomon. So the church does a fast forward and if you remember yesterday we have the Queen of Sheba visiting Solomon and just impressed by Solomon's wisdom and the incredible order of his kingdom. She is just breathtaking by the wisdom of Solomon but also by the... um, the order of the buildings and the palaces and the workers and their domiciles. And today we see the, we see Solomon in a, in a very different note in which God is not pleased with Solomon. Because he's going to be giving into idolatry. We'll explain how that happens. So Solomon, and then uh, we have the responsorial psalm is, remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. Then we move into the gospel for today. where Jesus is going to carry out a miracle for the Syrophoenician woman who comes to the Lord because her her daughter is tormented by a devil. And in this we see the, the great trust, humility, patience, persistence, perseverance, as well as compassion of this mother for her her daughter that is suffering torments from the enemy. It's a beautiful passage that shows us primarily the, the importance the importance of of a deep-rooted prayer in our lives. The importance of a deep-rooted prayer in our in our lives. So my friends,
Let's uh, let, let's start with um, by getting to know the saints better. As mentioned, we celebrate two saints today. Two saints today. One his name is Jerome Emiliani. And he uh, he lived uh, basically at the time of Saint Ignatius of Loyola. He was born in Italy in 1481, and he died 1537. Canonized 1767. How God works. As a youngster, he did not live a very good life. He was a soldier. He was captured during battle and thrown in jail. So here we have a saint happened to Saint. It happened to um, Saint Francis of Assisi and other saints. They're captured, and he's thrown in jail. So when he's in jail, he has time to think over his life, and he's he goes through a conversion like Ignatius in Pamplona. Apparently had an encounter with Mary and he decided he would change his life and he was going to dedicate himself to the Blessed Virgin Mary. How beautiful. How beautiful. Changing his life and giving himself to Mary. Maybe that can be our decision today. To try to go through a deeper conversion today We're only six days away from Lent. And give ourselves to Mary. So after a miraculous escape from prison, he returns to Venice. And right away we see him changed. He's not thinking about himself. But he's dedicating in time to care for the sick. And the poor in the hospitals that were there. These would be more primitive hospitals. We're talking about almost 500 years ago. And he thought, (coughs) well, the best thing for me to do is not to marry and have a wife and a family, but he decided to become a priest. So he was ordained to the priesthood in the year uh, 1518. 1518, he was about 37 years of age. Then... The plague broke out. Well, we went through the coronavirus pandemic for about three years, but having these epidemics is part and parcel of living. He had some money, so he cared for the sick. And the hungry with his own money. So because of this situation of the plague and lack of resources, he saw that there were many children that were homeless, they were orphaned, and they were abandoned. So Jerome decided to dedicate himself to the basically the orphans, the homeless children there in the streets. So 
So he traveled uh, to several cities and he actually founded three orphanages as well as a hospital. As well as a shelter for for penitent women. That were not enough. He set up a program for children similar to what we would call vocational training classes of today. And then he dedicated himself to teach. He actually became the teacher of the Catholic faith to these children. He became like a chief catechist. Then in 15... 32, he and two other priests, they founded a new congregation. For the care of orphans and for the education of children as well as educating priests. And this uh, new order, it began as a um, society of the servants of the poor, but became known as the clerks, regular of Somaska, named after the mountain hermitage Jerome, built in Somaska, Bergamo, which is in Italy. So, <clears throat> eventually Jerome got sick and he died of a disease he caught from his own patients, kind of like Father Damien of Molokai. And the last words, the last words of St. Jerome were Jesus and Mary. My friends, isn't it beautiful, the lives of the saints? Beautiful, the lives of the saints. Then we have Saint Josephine Bakita. Very different life. She was born in Africa, in Sudan. Basically, pagan parents. Her parents were well off, but she was kidnapped. And she was sell, sold from one slave owner to another. She was humiliated and she was beaten. There's a really good DVD on St. Josephy Bakita, if you would like. Bakita actually means lucky. But there was a, an Italian that purchased her and took her to Italy. And there, slavery did not exist. She was exposed to Christianity. She was exposed to Christianity. And... She, she received the sacraments. Then she got to know <coughs> these nuns in Italy, named, named the Kenoshian nuns. She actually became a religious nun. She carried out very humble chores with a deep life of prayer. And then she would go and she would actually pre, uh, she would actually go from place to place begging to help out the poor. The end of her life, she suffered greatly. Sicknesses. And then she died. 
in the odor of sanctity. I remember seeing the DVD on her life many years ago. And what really impressed me most, he actually branded her back like she was an animal. Almost like, looked like a wa, like the, when you, if you've ever made waffles and you place the, um, you place uh, the stuff in the waffle machine and you see that the, it's like the grid, uh, the, the grid, you could see her back was like the grid of a waffle machine. But she never held on to any resentment against anyone that, that hurt her. This was even before she was baptized. So you can just see the innate goodness in this saint. Her name is Saint Josephine Bakita. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, the word is batter. I could, the word didn't come to my, my mind when she, they, you put the batter in the waffle machine, but you see her back look like the, the gridiron of a waffle machine. That's what I remember. She never held on to any resentment. Never held on to any resentment. So maybe today you can go back and watch the movie. Her name is Paquita, which is, which means lucky. <laughs> then she took the name Josephine in honor of Saint Joseph. So my friends, we have, we've uh, <coughs> I've introduced you to two saints today: Saint Jerome Emiliani and Saint Josephine Bakita. So let's ask them to pray for us. Saint Jerome, that became almost like a Saint John Bosco, three hundred years before Saint John Bosco. And St. Josephine Bakita, just many graces. We see God's divine providence in this Sudanese saint. Well, great. So we're moving at a good pace, and I'd like to jump into the first reading today. We're going through the first book of Kings, chapter 11. And I'd like to just give you a summary of uh, the reading today. As mentioned earlier, <clears throat> at the outset of the life of Solomon, he was walking with the Lord. He offers a sacrament, uh, sacrifices on the top of the high mountain. God asks Solomon to ask for whatever he wants and he says give him a wise and discerning heart so as to discern as so as to judge such numerous people. And then we saw him yesterday where the Queen of Sheba travels a long distance to see this king and she brings with her many gifts to give to Solomon and she's just breathtaking with the wisdom of Solomon but the order and symmetry of his kingdom there we have the uprise of Solomon. So, today we have the decline of Solomon. And the reason for the decline of Solomon is the follow because the church is just giving us some parts of sacred scripture so we can move through most of the Bible during the year. 
Solomon had many, many wives. Remember a boy in the catechism class said that Solomon had many porcupines. He wanted to say concubines, but he said porcupines. You've probably seen the porcupine with the quills, huh? So what has happened is uh, we were we're fast forward we do a fast forward in the life of Solomon some of you like that catechetical anecdote with the children no not concubines but porcupines it's a good one isn't it so he's takes into his harem many many women and they come from different countries. And what they do is they they have their pagan gods. They've got their pagan gods. So they prevail over Solomon such that they allow Solomon allows these these pagan temples to be built in, in various places in honor of these pagan gods. In honor of these pagan gods. So as a result of this, these pagan gods are being honored. So they have the practice of, we have the practice of idolatry. And as a result of this, God was very displeased at what Solomon had done. I've often said that Solomon was the wisest man in the world. But he ends up as a fool in a, in a very real sense. And because he had given in to idolatry. I wonder about us today. In my formation class on Wednesday with the parents of the First Communion children, I actually wrote out 30 different modern idols. by presenting modern, erroneous philosophical systems prevalent in our modern day. All ending with the isms like materialism and consumerism and hedonism and agnosticism and dogmatic atheism and practical atheism. I went through a whole list of these modern idols which are erroneous philosophical systems. So let's examine our own lives, examine our own lives and ask ourselves, is there, is there a modern idol that we have perhaps placed on the throne of our own lives? So there we have it. The responsorial psalm is remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. 
Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. Now I'd like to enter into the gospel today. The gospel today, my friends, <coughs> is a fabulous gospel that can teach us teach us some of the most important requirements for a vibrant, efficacious prayer life. It's taken from Mark chapter 7, 24 to 30. So Jesus goes to the district of Tyre. And he enters a house there. And he did not want, he, Jesus did not want the people to know about this. So he's there, and this woman who has a daughter with a very serious problem. His daughter basically was possessed by an unclean spirit. The mother having great compassion on this daughter, seeing her daughter suffer so much. Had heard that Jesus was in town. So she comes in the house there and she falls at the feet of Jesus. The woman was not a Jew. She was a, a Greek. She would be a Syro, Syrophone, Syrophoenician by birth. And there she is. Uh, try, so try to imagine this. Try to do an Ignatian contemplation. Try to be present to this scene. So she begs Jesus to drive out the demon from her daughter. So she begs Jesus. The great Saint Augustine who lived a double life. Up until he was about 31, he lived a life dedicated to satisfying his own desires, his own fleshly appetite. St. Augustine, after his conversion, will write on so many different topics. But he says that all of us are beggars before God. That's right. All of us are beggars before God. We are dependent upon God for everything. What do we have? What do we have that we haven't received from God? He's given our life. He's given us everything except one thing. The only thing that God has not given to us are our sins. We, we choose our own sins. God does not give those to us. And we want to renounce sin. So this woman comes up to Jesus 
and begs him to drive the demon out of her daughter. The daughter is possessed by a devil. He said to her, Let the children be fed first. It's not right to take the food of the children and to throw it to the dogs. These seem to be very strong words. Seem to be very, very strong words, don't they? Seems to be. But everything our Lord does, He does right and for a specific purpose. But the woman is not offended. She's not rebuffed. She doesn't get up angry and discouraged. But the woman comes with a rebuttal or reply that really impresses our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the rebuttal or the reply of the woman is, Lord, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. With this, our Lord is very impressed. Very impressed at this response of this woman. Instead of the woman becoming angry and resentful and bitter and proud, quite the contrary, the woman humbles herself all the more. And our Lord loves a very humble heart. How important it is to be like our Lord, trying to be meek and humble of heart. So Jesus responds to the woman. He says, for saying this, you may go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. The demon has gone out of your daughter. So the woman, the the woman gets up and she trusts Jesus. She doesn't say, how will I know? When? How? Can you give me some clue? She doesn't say, she very humbly gets up and she trusts. So when she arrives at home, she found the child lying in bed (coughs) and the demon had gone. It's a wonderful passage, isn't it? Wonderful, wonderful passage. Wonderful passage. There's uh, there's so many there's so many lessons here. So many lessons here. The gospel is so rich in meaning at all times and places. But I honestly believe I honestly believe, my friends, that one of the essential messages from the healing of the Syrophoenician's daughter by Jesus 
is the example of this woman gives us with respect to prayer. So let's uh, let's highlight some of the qualities qualities, the attributes, or the virtues that this woman shows us related to the topic of prayer. Number one. This woman believed and had faith in Jesus. Time and time again, Jesus will say he will not, he will not work miracles unless the person has faith. A faith that can move the mountains. Number two. This woman sought Jesus out. She had to get in this house, whosoever house it was, but she had to seek him out. Jesus says, Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. As Sophie has posted more than once, Ask. Ask, seek, knock. So she sought Jesus out. Third is that she's humble. She's humble. She kneels at the feet of Jesus. Not imposing herself upon the Lord, but Humbly kneeling before his feet. We gotta be humble. Number four is that she begs. Once again, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. As Saint Augustine says, we're all beggars before God. We are, we're all beggars before God. Next is that it seems as if our Lord ignores her, but he does this for a purpose. Now we see in this woman a whole host or series of virtues. Seems as if our Lord is somewhat distant from her, but here we have what? We have her patience, her persistence, and her perseverance, the three P's. That's right, you've got her patience, her persistence, and her perseverance. Saint Teresa of Avila, the great woman doctor of the church, says one of the key elements of prayer was we have to persevere. And then with that, Jesus is impressed by her, her humility, her patience, but also would have to say this. The next quality is her great confidence. She was not going to give up her great confidence that Jesus would heal her daughter. Her great confidence. 
And then, this has to be underlined. This mother, this mother had great love for her daughter. And she saw her daughter suffering so much. So we'd have to offer another quality of this, of this wonderful mother. And that would be her overflowing compassion. Her overflowing compassion. And the word compassion comes from Latin cum passio. Compassion cum passio. And that means a, a willingness to suffer for the one we love. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the model for that. So my friends, we have a model, a model today in the gospel as a prayer warrior, especially the prayer of petition. We're all called to be a prayer warrior. So my friends, hopefully this has been a helpful conversation with you today. We've covered a lot of ground. To Saints Solomon, another wonderful gospel. So I invite you to share, share our message with many of your friends. And I'd like to end by imparting to you my priestly blessing. May all of us have a great trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and His workings in our lives. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May God bless all of you and we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same channel. Amen.